1: Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border, the final episodes of 2020. This is probably going to be split up in uh, two parts anyway, because it's going to be way too long to upload, because ACOST, sadly, has an upload limit, so we can't do it in one take anyways. But it's been a rough year, and uh, to paraphrase Dan Carlin, future historians shall specialize not only into specific years of the 2010s decades, they shall specialize into specific quarters of each of these years, specifically 2020, because I bet that there's going to be some doctor's dissertations written in the future about the first quarter of 2020, specifically explaining how all this mess started. Now, as this is the eastern border, after all, I promise you that although a lot of things have happened in 2020 that I would like to look at and we will be looking both at the news and my personal views of them and some some emotional talk about the future of the podcast and stuff like that, two things I will not mention at all. Number one, the presidential elections in the United States. I don't care. The only thing I care about are the sanctions, which I'll mention when need be, but hey, it's... um, Totally out of my sphere of understanding and, um, well, let's just say, who am I to judge? And secondly, as everyone and their grandmother and the kitchen sink is mentioning as the number one event that had happened in the past year, the whole COVID thing, which is still upon us, and, well, our government has put on some strict scheduling regulations on it, and I bet everyone who's listening also has their government being strict on this whole thing, and it's changed our lives and whatnot. Yeah, I refuse to name it the event of the year. One, because this is the Eastern Border Podcast, and we look at specifically Eastern European things. And secondly, I hate COVID so much, because, for one, although it's a dangerous disease, it distracts attention from some real issues that need to be looked at, that are serious. If you look at them in in retrospect, then understand that they become much more important than the COVID infection itself. I mean, for one, let's look at Hungary, okay? Let's look at Hungary, and I haven't looked at them much in the series, but during the first COVID wave, uh, the kind of April-May this year, Viktor Orban, the president of Hungary, declared an emergency status and basically, well, made sure the constitution does not work until the end of it, and, well, the COVID hasn't ended. And we don't know what to do with COVID, to be honest. And I think, at one point, it's just too much. Seriously, we should just maybe try to move on a bit. And vaccines won't help because there are repeat infections as well. So we just have to kind of maybe try to start to accept the fact that it's going to be a part of our lives and screw the masks and let just, you know, increase the funding for medical personnel who are the heroes of the year, mind you. But still, just... Is it worth sacrificing the world's economy for this for so long, for a year now? Now, I'm not sure about that. Of course, I might be wrong, but just not sure about that. But yeah, among among other things, one thing that COVID caused was, of course, which is an important point here, the change of the constitution of the Russian Federation. If you remember, we made a whole episode about this, and it was about how Putin has, with the help of Vladimir Tereshkova, declared himself to be, you know, that, that he can be a president for uh, two more terms after this one ends. This was sold to the people as a kind of reform against the um, gay Western liberal scumbags and uh, protection of ecology and all the good social stuff. And there was a lot of other aspects there. Although, if you look at the past year, the only thing the Russian government has actually approved of. ...as their um, measures in accordance to this constitution... ...that was obviously ratified and accepted in first five minutes... ...when it was proposed... ...was all about the fact that right now... Rosguardia and other people who are in the structures of police and army... ...and internal police, basically... ...yeah, their kids are gonna have easier access to universities at this given moment. We had two major ecological catastrophes in Russia... Three, if you include the forest fires, but at this point they're so common that there is literally no point of worrying about them. And, yeah, we had the massive, the world's biggest uh, gasoline spill on the planet Earth ever with 20,000 tons diesel oil spilling out and they're still cleaning it up in the Arctic. And then there was the whole poisoning of the East Pacific coast with um, military biochemical weapons. And, yeah... Even though the new constitution promised there would be kind of more social guarantees and that the people would have more choice in the matter and that it would protect family family rights and everything yeah after those family rights too besides the ecology that wasn't realized and the and the fact that economy collapsed and everything well basically beating up your wife is now legal in Russia because they not only did not ratify any laws about domestic violence, they even decriminalized domestic violence in the sense that, yeah, starting with the with the new year, it is now totally legal to beat up your wife in Russia. Another uh, Ghost Duma project that is just on the papers right now not been done yet, but that's coming towards us is that the monitoring of all the opinions about any laws of Gosduma shall be underdone by the FSB starting from next year, because, well, why not? Even just journalistic opinions, but opinions that do not adhere to the official line, and I'm quoting from the text here, yeah, that, that might become illegal. Like, even if you state that your opinion is just an opinion, and that's just that you disagree with something that Putin did previously it was about... ...disrespecting the governments the institutions... ...disrespecting all that that had happened before... ...and um, disrespecting all that Mr. Putin had done... ...right now it's going to turn into just opinions. Uh, another law which was proposed by Mr. Deripaska... ...who is the leader of Nornikel... ...one of the authors of all that massive oil spill, ...and also Russia's largest aluminium magnate... ...he proposed a law stating that everyone who calls for more sanctions and who's responsible for sanctions towards the Russian Federation should also face criminal punishment. And that's obviously aimed at Navalny, and we'll get to Navalny soon enough in this episode, because this is Eastern Borders 2020 catch-up, right? So, we have to talk about Navalny. However, if you think about it, then maybe Mr. Deripaska wants to put himself into prison, as I'm not sure that he wants to stop doing his illegal money laundering activities and steal money from the people. He just wants to basically cry like a little girl about the fact that someone punishes him. Now, one thing, though, is that... Actually, it's kind of exactly like Navalny said. I mean, precisely like Navalny said. As long as the yachts and and houses of the Russian oligarchs are still in the ports of Europe, and as long as they have their precious little villas in the United States, nothing is going to change, and we're still going to live in this cold war atmosphere. That's the first thing. We have to throw them out. Put them back into Russia. I don't care how wealthy they are, they have to go. Like, if you look at the Forbes 100 richest person's list, just count the amount of Russians that are there. Just count them. It's gonna get crazy, okay? So, and those people are robbing their own people. And then people tell me that I hate Russians or whatever. No, no, no. I hate those assholes who literally stole all of their money. Come the sanctions, and we'll get to more like recent news as well. The new kind of sanction pact that's provisioned here by the outgoing Trump government, incoming Biden government. Yeah, it still has a lot of things because it just proposed the sanctions on a bunch of Russian enterprises. But, for example, I can tell you that the town of Irkutsk is going to die and the town of Novorossiysk is also going to die because those enterprises that are now under the American sanctions are basically, in Russia they're called or the city-forming enterprises. So, basically, what the Russian sanctions are going to do are, like, sanctions against Russia are going to do, is not make Russian oligarchs steal less money, which should be targeted more, which should really touch their wallets and punch them a bit harder and make sure that they know that, well, they'll be missed that. What's going to happen now is the fact that the businesses which are now put under sanctions, yeah, they're just gonna close down and their uh, oligarchic corrupt owners are just gonna, like, pawn everything and then they're gonna basically, you know, steal all the money and close the business down. Because obviously no one's gonna want to do any business with them. But that means that there's a bunch of cities who just, well, exist on these businesses and they're just gonna turn into a massive, massive Poverty-ridden, crime-filled holes where nothing really good happens. Well, it's kind of hard to argue that these aren't counter-Russian sanctions, countering Russian people, when um, the United States government and the EU just targets them so wrongly and apparently does not listen to Navalny's arguments one bit whatsoever. But that's about the sanctions of the political rant. We have other things that we really need to catch up from the fun part of 2020. Because, well, we'll get to Navalny's poisoning, and we'll get to whatever happened in the Gorna Karabakh and whatever, but there are some people and some events that I would really, really like to catch up uh, because, do you guys remember a dude called Sergei Romanov? Sigumin Sergei? Yeah, maybe you haven't. Oh, let me just remind you. I told you earlier this year that this guy was an ultra-Orthodox Russian person who was also on the extremely far right who had basically captured a Orthodox kind of a parish, a monastery, women's monastery at that, where he had um, built his own kind of covenant of things and was going very much anti-Putin and also gone completely crazy supporting all the anti-vaccination bullshit and, uh, The fact that Bill Gates is now going to put chips into all of us. Well, that's come to an end. Let's take a look at that first, because, oh boy, we have a lot of things to take a look at. Hey guys, Annette here. I hope you are enjoying
0: our new episode of the Eastern Border. As always, a big thank you to all of our Patreons. The show would not be possible without your help. If you are not a Patreon and would like to become one, head over to the Eastern Border page on patreon.com. Please remember to also follow us on our social media, like Twitter, where we are known as Eastern underscore Border, and on our Facebook page. We also have a Discord server, so if you're interested in that, find the link in the description of this podcast. That's it for now. See you online. This podcast brought to you by RussianVoiceOvers.eu. Enjoy.
2: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number Store or sleepnumber.com.
1: So, let's look at all the nice insanity because fun studies are still fun. In the early hours of December 29th, a SWAT team stormed the Srednyorais Women's Monastery outside of Yekaterinburg, and arrested Sergiy Romanov, Shigumen Sergiy, one of the region's most well-known priests, who was excommunicated from the Russian Orthodox Church earlier this year. Romanov was taken to Moscow, where a district court remanded him in custody for the next two months on charges of inciting minors to suicide, which is a fun charge for an Orthodox priest, obviously, you have to agree here, violating freedom of conscience and religion, because he really, really hated everyone who wasn't orthodox, and basically declared that everyone who's a Catholic or uh, celebrates Christmas on the 24th of December would go to hell for an eternity, because we are all terrible and evil heretics. Just a side note here. And, uh, well, um, and jaywalking. I mean, arbitrariness. Literally, it's called arbitrariness. It's just stupid in the way like that. Following Romano's arrest... His supporters, because he has some apparently, and that they, if you want to look at the dumbest people in Russia, you can just look at his supporter list, have been gathering outside of the monastery and refusing to allow anyone to enter the grounds for fear that the Yekaterinburg diocese will take back control of the convent. Now, let's go back a bit. Defrocked Russian Orthodox priest Sergiy Romanov, who was, by the way, formerly a Schema Hegumen of the Russian Orthodox Church who was one of the most popular priests in Russia's Ural legion. He was well-known for his extreme conservatism. He provoked controversy in the spring for his radical views about the coronavirus epidemic not existing. In May, this prompted the Ekaterinburg diocese to temporarily ban him from all religious service. In June, he seized the Srednia Uralsk Woman's Monastery, a convent that he founded himself and overthrew the Mother Superior. He was defrocked in July but he continued to conduct religious rites and services there regardless. He was arrested at the very same women's monastery outside of Yekaterinburg. In the early hours of December 29th, officers from the riot police, Omon, and the Russian guard, Rosgvardiya, and it's a rare story where Rosgvardiya and FSB Omon are the good guys. Like, seriously, it doesn't happen often, but, you know, you have to give credit where credit is due. They arrived at srednir Women's Monastery in full uniform and, according to parishioners, occupied, quote, even the smallest paths, end quote. Many of Romanov's supporters came to the defense of the former Schema Hegumen. A few hours beforehand, they had placed the monastery under round clock protection after being tipped off that a SWAT team made up of security forces from Moscow was on their way to arrest Romanov. The monastery's defenders ended up clashing with the riot police. One nun was taken away by an ambulance and later diagnosed with a hip fracture, because police brutality—even uh, in such cases, yeah—even when they're uh, sort of the good guys, they—they're uh, still gonna break your bones, yo. Know? That's what's gonna happen. After the security forces stormed the monastery, they took Romanov to the Yekaterinburg branch of the Russian Investigative Committee for questioning. Law enforcement officers searched the monastery for several hours, and Romano's lawyers were not allowed inside. Parishioners said that the security forces smashed the convent's rooms and knocked out windows. And yeah, why why this whole thing happened? Besides his ultra-orthodox, extremely... Well... He's so far to the right that he believes that Putin is not even a rightful czar and is not violent and aggressive and is not suppressing humans' rights enough. Just a saying. But a criminal case has been opened against Sergei Romanov on charges of inciting children to commit suicide. Basically, a source in law enforcement told the Russian state news agency TASS about this. Romanov's lawyer also confirmed that said charges were brought against the former priest. Romanov refused to respond to questions from investigators because he wasn't allowed to speak to his lawyer in private, the business newspaper Commerzant reported. The authorities then decided to escort Romanov to Moscow. According to his defense lawyers, Romanov has refused to plead guilty to the accusations. The investigative committee's Sverdlovsk regional branch, declined to comment on the case. The criminal investigation was launched over a recording of one of Romanov's sermons, and yes, this is not private phone calls, this is not conversations, this isn't something that he would do in a frenzy in front of a crowd. This is a sermon. Because on December the 5th, Romanov's spokesperson Всеволод Moguchev published a video on YouTube of a sermon titled For Faith and Christ We Stand to the Death. During his speech, given in the monastery, Romanov spoke about the venerable Yelena Дивеевская who St. Seraphim of Sarov blessed to die in place of her brother. After telling the story, Romanov asked some of his audience if they were prepared to die, quote, so that Russia can live, so that younger children can live, end quote. Lawyer Dmitry Savchenko, who represents the monastery, said that the sermon wasn't about suicide, but about self-sacrifice for the sake of people, and about patriotism. And yeah, if you think about it, this is the kind of patriotism that even Putin doesn't really like. A criminal case was opened at the request of the Sverdlovsk region's commissioner for children's rights, Igor Morokov, who asked the prosecutor's office to look into the video on the grounds that Romanov's statements run contrary to the law prohibiting information harmful to children. Sergei Romanov has faced administrative fines on two previous occasions for inciting hatred and enmity and disseminating false information to public interest. Romanov is involved into another criminal case of violations on the right of freedom of consciousness and religion and on arbitrariness, which is basically, you know, being a shithead, apparently. The case was launched at the request of representatives from the Yekaterinburg diocese, who said that they were barred from entering the Srednie Uralist Women's Monastery when they wanted to inventory the convent's property. Romanov's lawyer, Svetlana Gerasimenko, has confirmed her client is facing both of the aforementioned criminal charges linked to the case. The Russian Investigative Committee has not commented on the proceedings, but you have to admit that this is one of the one of the weirdest and most fun cases of the year, and it really deserves to be put on here, uh, to be honest. After Romanov's arrest, a video he recorded at the Investigative Committee's office in Yekaterinburg began circulating online. Addressing his parishioners, the former priest said, quote, To all of you, to the monastery and all of my children, I love you. I hug you tightly. I'm fine. Pray. God forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. There's no need to do anything. What happened is that everyone has their own cross. Says a person who really, really is for uh, women's circumcision and cutting off clitoris and putting gay people in concentration camps and shooting them to death. And also the United States need to be nuked, and the EU as well, because we're all evil. Wow, nice little words from you, Mr. Uh, Mr. Romanov, just uh, to put things in perspective. Dozens of Romanov's supporters began gathering near the Sredniororsk Women's Monastery in the early hours until the morning of December 29th. In the morning, they stood closely together and started singing, refusing to lift anyone inside. Apparently, they feared that the representatives of the Yekaterinburg Diocese will come and take control of the monastery. Hardly any of those present obviously wore any protective masks despite the ongoing coronavirus epidemic. The police blocked the ministry's entrance, and the policeman was spotted on the property. The Regional Commissioner for Human Rights, Tatiana Mirzyakova, also visited the scene. The Russian Orthodox Church expressed its regret that Sergei Romanov and his followers didn't listen to the Church's repeated calls for repentance and correction. This was stated by the head of the Synodal Department for the Church's relations with society and mass media, Vladimir Legodnya on The Telegram, which they tried to block previously, but who cares at this point? Quote, The Church always prays for its children, especially those who have gone astray and are misguided. I am sure that the priests of Yekaterinburg diocese will do everything to establish peace at the Srednjö Monastery as soon as possible and restore a healthy Church life, Llegodnia wrote. At the same time, the Ekaterinburg Diocese expressed concern about the spiritual and psychological condition of the people of the seized monastery and noted that the convent's novices are in need of spiritual help. The head of the diocese's social services department, archpriest Yevgeny Prichopenko, has been dispatched to the monastery. So, that's a nice little update and an end of um, our Igubin Sergei. But, you know, even though he looks kind of good and nice, at one point, even kind of the guys look kind of the good guys, there are still some things that need to be said, even before we get to violence and everything, because that's obviously going to be my, um, my number one thing here. Because, well, this crackdown symbolizes one of the things that's happening right now in Russia, and one of them is the updated foreign agent laws. I'm going to talk about that, because, again, that's one of the more important things that has happened, both lately and this year. And that's a direct following of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. Because in Armenia, Pashinyan's facing mass demonstrations, and a lot of people in Russia, and Putin's still supporting Belarus. But he kind of wants to keep his old crumbling empire in check. Just, Just a bit, you know, just a bit. So that he could at least maintain some modicum of control over everything happening there. Thus, the new laws about who is considered a foreign agent needs to register as such and would need to be under specific new sanctions if it would come to that. Let's take a look at these new laws, and it's going to shock you a bit. needs to be spoken about, though.
0: Thank you for listening to The Eastern Border. If you have any comments or specific details you'd like to know, you're welcome to leave it in the comment section on our site, theeasternborder.lv will rummage even to the western border to find you an answer. Like this podcast? Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or on our RSS feed. Happiness is mandatory. Good reviews and donations feed the farmers of our kolkhos in the Great Motherland. The eastern border salutes you. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org for more shows
1: like this one. The Dark Myths Void.